Christmas is, you know, it's often a time filled with anticipation, um, hopefully with joy and peace, as, but sometimes, as I just mentioned in the prayer, it can be, um, it's not always like that. We all know what can happen in the midst of family. Not only can there be strained relationships, uh, but sadly in this world there can be tragedy and pain. Um, that doesn't take a holiday. Uh, it doesn't take time off for that. On top of that, you could add in global, national, and local issues that we all come face to face with. Wars globally, nationally, there's vitriol between almost everyone, or at least it seems that way if you watch the news. Locally, there could be tense school board meetings, or uh, even with a neighbor over some issue. Maybe you even, not calling anyone out, um, got frustrated driving here because of people in front of you, um, not quite driving as you wish they would. Um, and, uh, you know, things like that can happen. Uh, and in a lot of ways, all of this can be disheartening. But you know what? It's also reality, isn't it? Yet we can still celebrate and rejoice and, and live in longing for true peace in the midst of it all. You can live longing for that and also experiencing that. Honestly, that's one of the, the, the great things about this season, about Advent, about Christmas. It is about anticipation and hope. It's about light breaking into the darkness. It's about finding true peace in the midst of what doesn't always feel peaceful. We heard read really a couple times uh, from Isaiah 9 the, uh, this evening. And I want to highlight verses 6 and 7 again. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And then think about the words of the announcement of the angel to the shepherds in the fields. I wish I could actually have Victoria come up and read that because it reminded me of peanuts uh, a little bit, and I, I wanted to hear that. But the announcement in, in Luke, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I think about that as the King James Version put it. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So this evening actually has been our tradition since we've had a service on Christmas Eve. We take a look at a hymn or a song that's associated with Christmas. Now this evening's is one we have yet to sing at Living Hope um, during Christmas time. Um, it's one that rarely sing. You're probably familiar with it in some ways, but the words of it speak into the reality of, of what I've been talking about, this tension between strife and peace and despair and hope. It's the hymn, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And we're briefly going to look just at the song itself, 
and then at the message of the song. So what we know as a song was originally a poem. It was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in 1864. Now, prior to writing this poem, Longfellow had experienced a number of um, times of, of distress and even prolonged distress. One of them was the Civil War, 1861, and, and that time frame, Longfellow was a northerner. He viewed those of the South as what he called disunionists. He was not happy with the South. He was not happy with the war at all. And then in July of 1861, he lost his second wife to a horrible accident. Uh, uh, a spark fell on her summer dress, and she burned to death. He could not even go to the funeral because he was recovering from wounds from being burnt as well. And this after his first wife had died in 1835 after a miscarriage. He wrote these words in July of 1862. He said, I can make no record of these days. Better leave them unwrapped in silence. Perhaps someday God will give me peace. And then his eldest son, who was only 18 at the time, enlisted in the Union Army in March of 1863, which of course was hard for him to go through. And then his son in November of that year was severely wounded, shot through the back, had to leave the field. Thankfully, he survived, but still extremely difficult for him. And then in May of 1864, his longtime friend and former classmate Nathaniel Hawthorne died. So it was a string of disheartening and difficult times for Longfellow. And he struggled to write during this time. I don't know how much he wrote in those years, but he, he struggled in it. But in December of 1864, he wrote this poem. He wrote this poem. It consisted of seven stanzas, though most of us have probably only ever heard five of them because two relate highly to the Civil War. And honestly, I will say this, though Longfellow was not orthodox in his Christian beliefs at all, he wrote beautifully moving poetry, and he also wrote in this poem, Truth, um, with, without, I mean, it's clear that he wrote truth here. This poem is loaded with it. It highlights the nature of God and his peace that can be known in the midst of a broken, fallen, and sinful world, that world in which we all reside. So the poem begins with Longfellow hearing bells. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. They're the, the, the ringing out from a bell tower of a church, clanging out the familiar carols, and the refrain of each stanza is, almost, is essentially the same, of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You certainly recognize this refrain as the majority of Luke 2.14. It's blessing upon those on earth with whom God is pleased. It's praise given to God because of the birth of a child, the birth of Jesus, the miraculously born child of Mary. But he's no ordinary child. He is born Savior and Lord. And then we come to the second stanza. He wrote, And though how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill, to men. What I love about this, and I'm not an English major, I'm not a poetry scholar, so you, you might have some different ideas of this, but what I love about this is through, the, with the churches, through the ringing of the bells, had kept an unbroken song of peace ringing throughout the land. 
That unbroken song is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the song of hope and joy and peace. It's the song that proclaims that sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ and the Savior. It's the unbroken song that Jesus himself is our peace. Colossians 1, 19 and 20, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Now, this idea continues into the third stanza. The bells continue to ring while the world continues to revolve and and move forward. And the voice that is sung from the bells is sublime in its proclamation of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then come these two stanzas that we we don't focus on, that we we won't sing today, uh, that, that look to the war and they read this. Then from each black accursed mouth, cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was, this of, it, was, it was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. You know, whether it was the war or really anything else in our life that, that seems to scream at us that we are forsaken, that there is no peace, that, 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 that God has turned away for us, from us rather than, than made us recipients of grace and His peace. That's what these verses speak to. The carols are drowned by everything going on around. The sound is drowned out. And the sixth stanza makes the despair it can often be felt explicit. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Strong, isn't it? It's despair that, that's actually moving and, and tipping towards hopelessness at this point in time. The author has all but resigned himself to that despair. The loud notes of hate and discord and and strife, they they absolutely mock the song of peace. Folks, this is nothing new, is it? Nothing new. David experienced despair. King David experienced it. He wrote in regard to it in in Psalm 37 when when he charged the, the, the readers, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Not yourself. And, and he exhorts us all and, and issues a call to trust in the Lord, to cultivate in your own life faithfulness, to, to, to look to the Lord and to live in light of God's character. Or you could turn to Psalm 46, a beautiful psalm that most of us know. We're exhorted to, with, with the truth God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then we're told to be still, to, to cease striving, and to know that He is God. He is God. He is in control. And this is the message that is heard throughout Scripture. It's the message of God's covenant faithfulness, of His steadfast love towards His people. And I don't know whether Longfellow meant it or not in the next stanza, but it actually turns in many ways like the Psalms of Lament throughout the Psalter. Those psalms begin and they, they air out in, in many ways just the pain and the sorrow and the hurt that the psalmist is feeling, but all but one in the Psalter ends in praise. 
It ends in confidence in the Lord, and, and you see this turn with Longfellow here. It, it, it turns towards praise, towards truth, towards confidence in God. He says, then pealed the bells more long, loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, and the right prevail of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Those bells ring loud and clear. The song of the bells, that that truth, it's there, and it, it, it works to overpower the despair. When we tuned our ears and our hearts to the right song, the sound of the bells ringing more loudly, more clearly, more definitively, that truth, God is not dead nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevail. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Folks, listen. God is most certainly not dead. And he does not sleep. He keeps watch over his people. In fact, he entered this world as a child in order ultimately to rescue us from this pain and despair. He's not oblivious to our suffering, not in the least. He's not oblivious to our struggle with this world of sin. He actually did something about it. He sent Jesus to save his people, to bring Peace on earth amongst those with whom he is pleased, among those to who, who turn to him in faith and repentance, who hear that song and respond. I love the basic message of this song. Folks, God is, always has been, and always will be sovereign. He is always in control. And in his time, It may not be ours. The night may feel long, but joy comes in the morning. The wrong shall fail. Without a doubt, we can rest in that truth. The wrong shall fail and the right shall prevail. He will bring true and lasting peace. And as we celebrate Advent, as, as we celebrate every Sunday, as we celebrate life when we wake up in the morning and we say, Lord, satisfy me in the morning with your steadfast love, we look with anticipation towards all of that. And I think in closing of these words from Revelation 21, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will, he will himself wipe every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed on way, away. So folks, Hear the bells ring loud and deep. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message, this truth that we have. 
Lord, in the midst of difficulty and pain that is a part of life, may we hear the song, may we hear the bells ring loud and clear of the peace that you have given us in Christ our Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen.